0: integrated marketing and can help you develop entire campaigns spanning a range of media both offline and online or if your strategy is already underway we can help you get your next project out the door fast quick turnaround is in our name sirspeedyneworleans.com
1: Hey, you, you want a place to vet your opinion on, let's say, a sacred cow or just a place to shoot the bull? Well, ringside politics with a punch and Jeff Cougar is your barnyard, baby.
0: Call us now at 556-9696. All right, let's talk about Texas, our neighbor, and uh, an effort there to uh, exit the union. Uh, there's a new book out called Texas and uh... why and how texas will leave the union uh... the author is uh... daniel miller and uh... We're very pleased to have uh... daniel with us here in the ringside program uh... daniel how are you good morning i'm doing great jeff how are you today very good uh, thanks for being with us so uh... the lone star State uh... is uh... of course uh... A state with a lot of different uh... competing political factions and it's very interesting to, to follow texas politics how um, popular is your movement there to uh, exit the union?
1: Well, uh, look, Jeff, I'll tell you, it's one of the reasons that I wrote the book. Um, you know, there, there's, there is this idea every time Texas pops up in the public consciousness uh, that it's suddenly this brand-new thing. Uh, and and what, we, you know, what, what we've been experiencing here in Texas is something that's really vastly different. Uh, you know, when you go back and you look at say the last 10 years of this movement and support, what you've seen is steady growth, you know, not these surges and peaks. So uh, a a good example of this, uh, well, well, I'll tell you this. Back when uh, I got involved uh, personally in advocacy for this back 22 years ago, uh, this issue support was polling in single digits although we were polling higher in support than the United States Congress. So, you know, there's that. But, <laughs> right. yeah. so, but, but then you watch the trajectory of it, and you, you've got a uh-huh. famous Research 2000 poll back in 2009 that showed half of Republicans, about 45% of independents, and 15% of Democrats. Mm-hmm. Then fast forward to 2014, right around the time of the Scottish Independence Referendum, and now you've got 54% Republicans, half of independents, and over a third of Democrats. So there is this clear trajectory of support for this, and, and it's begun to translate and, and play out mm-hmm. in, in actual mainstream popular politics.
0: So, do you have any statewide elected officials in Texas who support this?
1: Uh, well, interestingly enough, uh, you know when part, one of the, the things that I talk about in the book is sort of its history and, and where support for this is and how it mm-hmm. lies with, with public officials. And one of the things that you saw, it was a rather unique feature of the last election cycle was a discussion in the campaigns about, uh, about this particular issue. You know, it, it, came up, the media began to ask candidates the question about whether they supported a vote on this issue or not. Uh, you know, one of the, I think one of the most famous was a, a state rep race up in the, the Lubbock area between John Prulo and Jim Landrieu, where they were specifically asked this question and neither one, uh, would come out in opposition for mm. it. As a matter of fact, one came stronger than the other. Uh,
0: what about like uh, the governor, or lieutenant governor, Ted Cruz, uh, John Cornyn, those type of folks? Where do they stand on this?
1: Well, and and I think that's also an interesting story. Uh, one of the things that that you find over, say, the last five years uh, are these statewide elected officials like Governor Abbott, Dan Patrick, using the idea of of an independent Texas. As, as an applause line, as a mechanism to sort of rally support, uh-huh. they understand there is a political base here that wants to see not only a vote on it but wants to see it happen. So they dance around the issue, and so what what you've got is you've got this scenario where you've got the politicians essentially paying lip service to it because they know the support is out there. Right, but but they won't take a, a public stand on it. But I think that's all going to change in, in the next legislative session. Uh, there's a piece of legislation that, that looks like it's going to get filed in the next session uh, and will likely pass that will give Texans finally a vote on this issue.
0: So uh, when is the next session? Is it, Don't you have sessions there every two years?
1: Every two years, yeah, we have a true part-time legislature, mm-hmm. 140, 140 days every other year. So January of 2019 is what we're looking for.
0: Okay, so when they go back into session, you think they'll they'll pass this uh, that'll put it on the ballot?
1: Yeah, it, it was interesting. Uh, there is a the the piece of legislation that I actually uh, write about in the mm-hmm. book was actually floated around in both the Texas House and Texas Senate in the last session, and we had several legislators that had some significant interest in filing it i mean they wanted to but there were a a couple of problems that they had strangely enough not really germane to the the referendum aspect of it but primarily Mm -hmm. to limits that the bill would place on campaign finance specifically for this referendum so uh, i believe we'll get all that hashed out between now and january
0: and uh if it goes before the voters uh you think uh the voters of texas will approve this
1: yeah, which, uh, I'll tell you, even though the mainstream media uh, love to either ignore or denigrate this, mm-hmm. the support level is there. And so for the last, since really 2014, when this began to be polled regularly, uh, one of the things that you see is that those who support typically by anywhere from four to six percentage points outnumber those who are firm that want to stay. We're dealing with about 12 to 16 points here of of folks that are undecided, and that's going to be where the real battleground is. I mean, it's right now as it stands, we're almost at a majority of Texas voters Mm -hmm. that want to see Texas leave the union. So it's going to be really a a case of of fighting over that 12 to 16 percent that really haven't been presented the case.
0: And if uh, Texas leaves the union, uh, Daniel Miller, author of Texas, do you think uh, the state, the new country, would be financially able to uh, handle its responsibilities? Uh, you think it could uh, do well on its own financially?
1: Absolutely. I mean, the, the short answer is beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, Texas is, is well-positioned. But, look, I, I will tell you this, and this is something that, Jeff, I think your listeners need to understand. This book is not just about Texas. It's really about the right of self-government and and fu- fundamentally how the federal government is failing to serve the needs of the individual states. And so, you know, this idea of, of folks asking, well, I don't know if my state could make it as an independent nation. I think it's important to understand that right now we're dealing with 195 recognized, self-governing, sovereign, independent nation states around the world. And then, Almost every category, every single state of mm-hmm. the union, from smallest to largest, outranks all of those other states uh, so or all of those other those uh, other countries out there so you know w- when you're looking at this relationship between the federal union it's it's really it's really common for the opposition to this idea to say, mm-hmm. well you can 't make it on your own, but you know you look at these countries around the world and you say, "Okay, wait a minute, if those guys can make it." Why can't we? If they can enjoy the right of Mm self-government, what is it about us that makes us less than those folks?
0: Uh, We have a few minutes left. What's the main grievance uh, with uh, the United States of America that is sort of motivating this um, independence talk?
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, I've literally uh, connected with thousands of Texans over the last 22 years. Uh, on this issue, and and a lot of people come at it from a lot of different ways. There are a lot of grievances, but if I had to distill it down, it it really boils down to this. Texans are sick and tired of living under 180,000 pages of federal laws, rules, and regulations administered by 440 separate agencies and 2.5 million unelected bureaucrats. At the end of the day, people here in Texas believe that the best people to govern Texas are Texans.
0: Mm -hmm. It seems like in recent years, though, there's been an effort to uh, change the demographics of Texas and uh, try to turn that state Democrat. And uh, I'm wondering if, um, you know, liberal voters, uh, new immigrants that have come into the uh, uh, state, if they share this um, support of uh, independence.
1: Yeah, one of the uh, interesting statistics that, uh, that I actually include in the book is this idea that somehow – Uh, you know, this wanting to reclaim the right of self-government, that Texas is some kind of old white man's game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and what you find is in in recent surveys, uh, some of the strongest support comes from the the Hispanic and Latino community. As a matter of fact, first and and second generation uh, Latino immigrants, typically from Mexico, uh, actually consider themselves Texans before they consider themselves, uh, you know, United States Mm -hmm. people, (laughs) Americans. Uh, so there is this this very strong feeling. As long as they
0: don't and, consider themselves Mexicans still, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, well, and and there is a, a vast difference there. But yeah, look, there's there's a lot of this discussion about the demographic shift. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, uh, what we're finding here is that uh, you know it's it's not going to be a blue wave that overtakes Texas. It's going to be a Texas wave.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, we should see some real action on this, Daniel. You think uh, once the legislature uh, goes into session and uh, the bill is passed, then it's going to really ramp up because when do you think the vote would be scheduled uh, after that time?
1: Well, I mean, it's going to depend on on a lot of factors. And, look, I'm not predicting with absolute certainty that this bill will get filed in January nor that it will pass in January. Mm -hmm. I mean, there there are a lot of issues, And, and one of the things that I cover in, in some good detail in the book, is why it is that support for Texan has grown to the point that if any other political idea had garnered that much support, we would have already had a vote on it. Uh, but there are some mm-hmm. some significant challenges, both within the Texan movement and without the Texan movement, mm-hmm. uh, that are going to have to be overcome. So. You know, there's, there's a lot of work to do between now and then. You yeah. simply drafting a bill and getting it filed is not going to get the job done. It's about getting the vote and winning
0: the vote. Yeah, well said. And we'll be following your neighboring state right over here in Louisiana. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll have you back on, uh, Daniel, I'm sure. Daniel Miller with us, author of Texas on the Ringside Program on WGSO.